a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Direct from the Broski Nation headquarters in Los Angeles, California, this is the Broski Report with your host, Brittany Broski. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Broski Report, starring me, your host, Brittany Broski. We have so, so, so much to cover today, team, because first of all, again, housekeeping, I added my Kylo Ren Funko Pop because I have recently come out as a Funko Pop adult. I'm really not taking questions at this time, maybe one or two at the end, but as of right now, I am going to position these in a way to make it look like they are kissing the Mandalorian and Kylo Ren. They are kissing and they're boys. (laughs) Okay, we have a lot to discuss today, namely... And go ahead and throw it up on the screen. Put those big fat baby blues on the screen. I saw Oppenheimer. Oh, oh save up. Wait, it's America. Oh, say can you see? Damn, dude. Oppenheimer. This was literally to me. Like, Barbie loved Barbie. I'll talk about Barbie all fucking day. But Oppenheimer, since they announced Oppenheimer, I have been like, oh my god. Because those sort of, like, biopic, biopic movies, if they're done well, I'm a sucker for those. Y'all know how I was with Elvis. Like, Elvis changed the fundamental uh, structure of how my brain works. I loved Elvis. I think that it was such a, a fun interpretation of his life and his legacy with this obviously this is less fun and less like what's his fucking name who's the director also again it is 11 50 p.m because guess what i choose to record these at night when i'm tweaking when it's prime tweak hours baz lerman when baz like baz's style is very different obviously from fucking christopher nolan okay so okay okay, 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 like compose my thoughts oppenheimer First of all, star-studded cast. And not only star-studded, but star-studded in a way that I give a fuck. Like, this is honestly, arguably, some of my favorite people ever. Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Killian Murphy. Like, all the same movie. Florence Pugh. <laughs> all the same movie. What the fuck? Roderick from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Hot and sexy. Josh Peck. Why was Josh Peck in Oppenheimer? Okay? I sat next to Josh Peck on a Delta flight one time and he did not say hello to me. And I didn't say hi to him either because it was 6 a.m. and I was pissed off. Anyway, why was Josh Peck in Oppenheimer? And he had like a really important part in the, he didn't have a lot of lines, but like a really important part, arguably, in the entire plot. Um, Okay, so the cast was fantastic. Really enjoyed looking at the Dilfs, okay? Dilf Manor. Oppenheimer confirmed Dilf Manor. Really, really here for that team. Number two, Killian Murphy talked about how he had to like lose weight. Go ahead and put a, a comparison up here of like Peaky Blinders Killian versus uh, Oppenheimer Killian. He lost weight to play J. Robert Oppenheimer because he was known as as just super skinny guy, and he had a really weird diet that he would uh, eat, like barely ate to keep himself alive. But he looked great. <laughs> J. Robert Oppenheimer, E.D.? J. Robert Oppenheimer, R.I.P., you would have loved E.D. Tumblr. (laughs) Sorry, I have an eating disorder, so it's fun. I can joke about it. It's funny. 
<laughs> J. Robert Oppenheimer, you would have loved to reblog a picture of a skinny girl with her legs, her thighs not touching, smoking a cigarette and like an American apparel skirt. You would have loved that, Oppenheimer. Why did you build the bomb? You could have slayed on Tumblr. Okay, anyway. The whole premise, right, is so interesting to me. And that's why when they first announced it and I first like found out what it was about. Because I had heard about Oppenheimer in school, but it was never like this in-depth, you know, him the sort of moral quandary that was his life and how nuanced the path before him became, you know, his, his academic past and then his political future, like just how complex it is and how you can be party to something and not realize how evil it is up until it's too late. And so I think I, what an interesting concept. And I think Christopher, Christopher Nolan obviously has talked about that and it's the whole I don't know, fucking point of the movie. I think they did a fantastic job. I will admit the sequencing of the movie is a little hard to follow. Um, there was some stylistic choice, which I am b- about to Google, of some parts of the movie are in full color and some are in black and white. Why are parts of Oppenheimer black and white? Uh, the real reason the demarcation was done was to show which scenes are from the protagonist's perspective. The color scenes in the film are from Oppenheimer's point of view, while the black and white are from others' perspective, chiefly Strauss. Now that's interesting. Why Christopher Nolan shot the same scene in Oppenheimer in both in black and white in color. That makes sense because as more is revealed through the movie, you realize, and and it'll go back to a specific spot where I was like, we've already seen this, but I, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Strauss is played by my lover, Robert Downey Jr. The third senior junior. I I love him so much. Anyway, stylistically, definitely there were some choices that, um, you know, to each their own, like, whatever some people didn't like Elvis because it was like too camp and too whatever I loved it this I was like I wish that they had given for those who aren't familiar with Oppenheimer's story me um like in excessive detail I wish they had given a sort of direct uh time demarcation because you obviously know it's pre-world war ii or during world war ii and um German influence is rising and then it's the, the Russian it's the arms race whatever and um they give you the context in that sense but I wanted a year I wanted to be like okay are we in like 1939 are we in the 40s yet like what's going on and I think you come to find out it's it's like late 30s uh going into the 40s and so yeah other than that man the, it was a great job you go from like really young Oppenheimer up until you know when he's old and whatever and okay I have a part that I really need to talk about so Albert Einstein's in the movie and there's a scene where Einstein and Oppenheimer are standing by this pond and Einstein's kind of congratulating him on you know you did it you built the bomb like we beat the Germans we beat the Russians to it and and of course Hiroshima and Nagasaki happen but Oppenheimer's starting to feel this sort of regret. I, I don't even know if regret is an apt description of the emotion, but leaning towards regret, leaning towards almost like, holy shit, what have I done? And Einstein says, the consequences of your achievements like will always outweigh the happiness and of that success. The consequences of your achievements. <gasps> I was gagged in the theater because I was like, damn. Because it's true, like, if you dedicate your whole life to doing something, to researching something, to trying to become something, a doctor, a dentist, a vet, whatever it is, and you become that, there are now, like, very serious life-altering consequences for what you have achieved and what you will achieve. And I really started to think about that from both a professional perspective and then also, I don't know, it just kind of struck a chord with me because it's like, the consequences of your achievements and your success, I have somehow amassed this, you know, platform and there's ripple effects with the things I say online and it just freaks me out sometimes. And so he said that and I was like, holy shit, but it's true. Okay. So anyway, the plight of Oppenheimer, which I want to, I I just like need to kind of verbalize it. And there are so many parts in the movie that it's like, it's, it's just so things click into place and it's like, oh, you thought this character maybe was morally 
correct and come to find out it's the opposite and then the opposite can be true if you find you think someone's morally corrupt and turned out turns out they're doing the right thing it was just so it's such a um cross section like a little piece of the pie of the human brain kind of like the human cognitive process of how complex we are and what human achievement if does achievement always have a positive connotation oh my god i could talk about it for so long does achievement always have a positive connotation and the answer is no and i think that is my thesis and my takeaway from oppenheimer is it's very clear that it's this patriotic arms race where um, america had to create the atomic bomb before the nazis did period by the time they created it germany was no longer really a threat japan still kind of posed a threat but it wasn't wholly necessary to do what they did now there's a scene in the movie where it's this great success like they build the thing they've spent two billion dollars and like four years doing this and like so many workers and they built this fake town and they do all this shit and then it comes down to like test it and of course as history will tell it works and that's this moment in oppenheimer's story is like we did it and what i've dedicated my life to and what i've put my family through and what i've been through the fucking ringer for we did it but I have never paused to think, what does this mean? And on top of that, the people who did try to warn him of like, this could end the world as we know it. Because they didn't know if the atomic bomb, once it got into the atmosphere, if it was going to be a chain reaction, like a a ripple effect of this atomic explosion. And it was just going to wipe everything off the face of the planet. They didn't know. It was not very probable, but nothing's ever a zero. So they tried to warn him people tried to warn him of like this is so dangerous and are we willing to gamble humanity like this like for what and uh he brushed them off and then it's it's just done so well at the very end it's like for the rest of his life he will have to live with that blood on his hands and they portray it that anxiety and that dread and guilt and what have I done in such a cinematic way and it's scary kind of the imagery and I saw it in IMAX which you have to see it in IMAX the bass is so it's such a it's almost a 4D experience like it is full body immersion it was so good I love IMAX I forgot IMAX existed um anyway I really 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 enjoyed the movie and I will be seeing it again. It was so hard to get a ticket to this dude. I live right by a movie theater. And the theater I'm by is like really nice. And I really love, I saw Elvis there like five, six times. Um, I tried to get a ticket to Oppenheimer there. It sold out for the next two weeks. Huh? Huh? So I had to drive. <laughs> Shut up. I had to drive out of my way <laughs> to go see my husband, Killian Murphy. Anyway. I really, really, really would encourage you to watch it. It is a long watch, but, you know, if you're not really someone who's interested in history or, like, academics or anything like that, I think it's uh, maybe not a movie for you. But it's so well done for the people that really enjoy that stuff. And if you don't, give it a try. You never know what could strike a chord with you. Um, Okay, so Oppenheimer. Yeah, loved it. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. 
Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Barbie. Because I did not do Barbenheimer, but I because I went to the Barbie premiere and I saw the Barbie movie there. And then Oppenheimer, obviously, I had to go. I knew I had to see it by myself because if someone was talking to me during it or trying to make jokes or if we're laughing, or whatever, I was going to be pissed off because I'm so dead ass serious about Oppenheimer. I was not joking. And so I had my little experience, whatever. The Barbie movie, dude. I don't want to cry for a fourth podcast episode in a row. I am not going to sit here and cry on my Christian talk show. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I might. The Barbie movie. I will say, when I sat down at the premiere, I did not know what to expect. I had heard that it was a comedy to a certain extent. I had heard that um, it was, you know, for young girls, but also for adults. I was thinking, okay, what, like Shrek? <laughs> like like Spongebob? You know, like there's going to be penis jokes, but also it's going to be like Barbie. I don't know. I did not expect, and I will not ruin it, but I did not expect the plot to be what it was and the ending to be what it was. It is, it just summed up. I think what made me so emotional is that it summed up the unifying trauma of being a woman alive today and how from birth there's a sort of doom that is associated that I think all women accept at a young age of I have to live the rest of my life with the knowledge that men view me as a sex toy. I am not afforded the same privileges and rights as men. And people think I'm stupid and I have to fit into this box and I have to like these things and I have to be this way and talk this way and act this way and walk this way and sit this way eat this way it's all been laid out and at the very beginning of the movie it's all the different barbies like it's an introduction to barbie land and it's all the different barbies and it's president barbie and tennis coach barbie and dentist barbie and this and that and it's just this barbie can be anything you can be anything girls can be anything and it's an accepted truth in barbie land and that like from the beginning of the movie i was like about to cry because i was like it's so true I'm gonna cry! Fuck! It's so true! A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office. Wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial. Plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. And I just think about like little me and like all the little girls everywhere that was like, at what point did you hang up the Barbie doll? And did you start, you know, shopping at Hollister and start thinking about how boys look at you? And it was no longer about playing mermaids and about being this innocent little human experiencing nature and life and love and innocence and another thing that I really really loved about the movie is that it's obviously about Barbie and the main messaging is about women and how 
divinely magical and powerful they are. And it was never in a girl boss sort of capitalist way. It's in a like instinctual, natural, this is actually what a woman should be. And if you look back on civilizations past, long since extinct, women were always revered. You know, it's like a re- like the degradation and the slow, like knocking them off the pedestal and down the st- to just whatever it is today is like, anyway, what I really appreciated about the movie is that they give Ken a similar sort of story of, of a takeaway is that the way that little girls are socialized to be likable by men and that your number one goal in life should be to be pretty and to make sure that men like you, how that's damaging. I mean, this is not new information, right? That toxic masculinity is toxic first and foremost to men and then to women. Like men are just as much victims of the world they created that they can't even live up to the standard that has been set for them. And the Barbie movie, I mean, Greta Gerwig's so good. She's just so good. It explains that. And you almost start to feel uh, sorry for Ken after you get past, you know, seeing him as not a villain, but, you know, he's the antagonist in a certain sense. When you get past that and you see to his core, he is just a little boy. The way that we're little girls inside, it's like, you feel bad for him because he didn't know any better. And he was trying to impress his peers and his elders the way that we, you know, it's like so, I think it really just pointed fingers to where the problem lies. And of course it's the patriarchy and of course it's capitalism and how it's all tied together and whatever. These are common themes on this podcast that I hope, you know, you guys are kind of understanding at a certain point. And and I, I appreciate that the Barbie movie is quite existential in its plot, which made me sob and cry because I already freak out about mortality. But it's done in such a way that's like, I walked out of that movie so happy to be alive and so happy to be a woman. What? Oh, how I love being a woman. And I made this TikTok because I was watching all these Barbie edits and all these like compilations of the girls. Because at the end of the movie, there's a, I'm not going to ruin it, but there's a collage of all these videos that Greta Gerwig had the crew members submit videos of women that are important in their lives. <laughs> so beautiful it's so beautiful oh my god water break how many times am I gonna fucking cry on this podcast there's a scene at the end that's just like it showed women like doing the things that like everyone has a purpose and it just fills me with so much fucking rage that women lose a sense of purpose because first and foremost, the most important thing becomes pleasing men. And imagine a world where that doesn't exist. (laughs) Imagine a world where you can pursue your hobbies and the things that fill you with joy and and be free of, of having to wonder if you look good doing it. I'll imagine that. I just like, wow. So, yeah, it was a very, the movie's so good. I love being a woman. <laughs> I have to get a Barbie tattoo. <sighs> what the fuck are we doing? I have to stop crying. Maybe I'm about to say my period. <laughs> I have to get a Barbie tattoo. I'm not joking. Oh, please go see Barbie. And please take your misogynistic fathers and brothers to go see Barbie and talk to them about it afterward. Because it's like, if you're a girl, you fucking get it. Even the most pick-me of women would, like, watch Barbie and, like, wake up. You know what I mean? It's just such a call to arms. I felt, I left the movie and I was like, I need to go chew on a two-by-four or something like that. Like, I have so much energy that I don't know where to put it and I don't know what to do with it. Because I hate men. But also, I, I, I pity men because they are victims of a system they created for themselves. We're all miserable in it. You know, it's like I, I, 
am angry, but at the core of it, I have sympathy for it. Because I'm a... A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Learn some interesting to switch topics totally. <laughs> now we're flipping to Call of Duty. <laughs> All right, now we're going to talk about Call of Duty. <laughs> oh my God, no, back to Oppenheimer. Matt Damon in a military uniform. Good night, almighty. Good night, a living. I'll tell you something, boy. Put it up here. Lord, he looked good. Lord, shit. I love Matt Damon. I love Matt Damon in Ocean's Eleven. I love Matt Damon as Jason Bourne. I love Matt Damon in We Bought a Zoo. I love Matt Damon as, uh, what's his name? Grove. General Grove. Damn. He is a beautiful man. I don't know what it is, dude. Men that look like him. Ooh. I think he's short. I don't care. Who asked you? I'm going to get, like, thigh reduction surgery. I'm going to shorten my thighs so I can be a tiny little, little girlfriend. Okay, and then I'm going to get gastric bypass and I'm going to start Ozempic. I'm going to weigh 95 pounds soaking wet and then I'm going to date Matt Damon. (laughs) (laughs) And what are you bitches going to do then when I weigh 95 pounds soaking wet? You're going to be like, please eat a hamburger. And I'm going to be like, stop. Fine, I'll eat a hamburger. (laughs) It's going to be me. I'm like, I'm full because my stomach's the size of a lima bean. (laughs) anyway okay ghost from call of duty guys from the last episode where we checked in on this it is my entire for you page it is my entire for you page is ghost and koenig but he his german accent really takes me out of it okay because ghost this is like this is like fucking hell and it's hot koenig is german so he's like das ist gut yeah, that's a school's baby girl. <laughs> yeah, coming in hot. <laughs> so this is going to be Koenig, okay? Holy shit. What are we talking about? Is it good? Is it good? but you know what if i saw him in person i'd do this i I see that comment all the time it's like (laughs) i just snorted for no reason jesus when you're so horny you start oinking like snorting like a pig oinkers i saw this comment that was like uh you know i'm online thirsting over these call of duty military men but if i saw one of these dudes in real life i would cross the street to avoid him because he's scary looking and how pitiful is that also i see so many (laughs) so many videos and fan fictions and like What's it called? Head cannons? Where, like, they're taking a cannon character but then putting him in a non canon situation. I don't know. I don't, maybe I don't know what head cannon means. Uh, of being like, okay, here are little quirks about Ghost and Koenig. <laughs> or just like video game characters. <laughs> and it's like, he loves, he hates being touched, but when you touch him, it's okay. He kind of flinches away though, but then he come, he's used to it. 
what are we talking about? I saw one that was like, Ghost has terrible hygiene, so you have to shave his beard for him and teach him how to brush his teeth. Huh? What are we talking about? But I'm reading them. Like, I, there's a moment when I'm doing all this, like I'm doing discovery, right? I'm a lawyer and I'm doing discovery on my clients. Ghost from Call of Duty. Where it's like, am I the weird one? Do I need to step out of my body? Like, hey, let's just pause. Pause the TV. And I just need to, like, look at myself in the mirror for a second and be like, what are you, fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Let's go outside. Let's go make a nice glass of water. All right, I'm going to stop you right there, chief. <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. Look at his body. What, like... Am I the only one that appreciates a man in uniform or am I just like not well? The way his hips like shift around. I got you six. Yeah, affirm, affirm. Nice fucking shot. Like I'm on TikTok like, <laughs> like, this is a full-blown military assassin. <laughs> Fucking hell. I like that one. Okay, enough Call of Duty talk. Okay, oh my god, I forgot to talk about a fucking basal pluma. <laughs> Thank you to my man. That's my man. Thank you to my man. Hassan, basal pluma. La doble P. Pura doble P, viejo. That is my... Mi Look at us. That's my baby's father. <laughs> I'm sorry to like tell you here and now, but that is my baby's father. I'm six months pregnant today. <laughs> Kylie Jenner video. So I'm 34 weeks today. <laughs> Me. Me and Peso Pluma. He's on tour. He's making us money. Okay? And I'm here holding down the domicile. Holding down the homestead. The home base. I'm 34 weeks today. Yes. That's crazy Kylie Jenner had a baby, by the way. <laughs> Doesn't she have two? That's crazy Kylie Jenner has a baby. That's crazy anyone has a baby. I would never do that. That is crazy. I'm just a girl. I don't know. I'm just a baby. I don't know. What, I'm just a baby. I don't have money. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm a baby. That's literally me. How are women younger than me having babies? I'm just a baby myself. I'm just a little teenage girl. All right. I'm 26. But I don't feel 26 because the pandemic robbed us of three fucking years. In my brain, I'm 23. I'm 23. <laughs> I'm 23, you be God. I like just graduated college. It's my first job. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I've never done this before. That's literally me. Dude, for the rest of this podcast, I'm going to be trying to focus on something else, but I'm just thinking about Koenig. We've got to go back to him. Oh my god. Why does he have to talk like that? I have got to show y'all how he talks. Fuck me. Oh my god. Taking effective fire. Next straight up. Reloading. Frag out. We've lost the lead. I'm hit. Down. What was that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> like, how are you going to look like this? How are you going to look like this? Oh, my God. And then, what was that? <laughs> Him shooting people in the head. What was that? That was a bomb. It just really takes me out of it. Do when I'm reading fan fiction? When I'm reading fan fiction about him? Because I do. Because I do! 
when I'm reading fan fiction about him and it's like, they'll put little parts in German. They'll put parts in fan fiction in German. What was that? <laughs> Stop it! Like, I'm just really, it's a, too much for me. But ghost lines are sexy and hot. Fucking hell. Oh, that was fucking mint. He's just sexy, dude. And I've recently figured out the voice actor who plays the most recent ghost. Because apparently there's different versions. I don't know bullshit about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. But don't I act like it. When I'm reading these fan fictions, I'm like, mm, mm-hmm, I'm not, yup, mm-hmm, yup. No clue. Yeah. Switching mags. Switching mags. <laughs> I just like really, now I'm obsessed. Now we have to watch more. Fuck me, bro. I cannot sit here another minute without having him. I need him in a way I I need to probably if okay. The way that I am thinking about him right now, if it was like the 1890s, they would have hauled me off to an asylum. Like the things I was about to say about him, this ana- this is pixels, okay? This is not a real man. He is an animated video game character. The things I was about to say that I want him to do to me, they would have shipped me off to the loony bin. With what's what's it called? Mad fever. They would have lobotomized me, bitch. This is getting out of hand. He is not real. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> Because y'all ever read fan fiction and you're like, you know what? Love this story, but it's making me suicidal, the fact that he's not real. I used to feel that way about Harry fan fictions too. It's like, this is not, we, you can never have him. No one can ever have him. Oh my God. How did I get back talking about him? I, was, I promised I was done with Call of Duty. I was talking about Peso Pluma. This concert uh, was at the YouTube theater in LA, which is, it's like a pavilion kind of, I don't really know what the capacity was, but it was a, it was a decent sized venue and he sold that bitch out. He sold out two nights in LA period. Next time he's here, but she's going to be at SoFi. I promise you. Um, which is like the big stadium. This concert, uh, was obviously entirely in Spanish cause he's Mexican and it was such a beautiful, like celebration and at events like that I always you know like that's obviously not my culture could because look at me listen to me I'm there as obviously a an objective enjoyer of that music and I find it so like Latin music is such a a welcoming happy environment and I love going to shows like that and that's my first um, I've only ever been to like reggaeton shows and like obviously like Rosalia's flamenco but this was entirely corridos like it was entirely and it was so much fun like watching everyone dance and I was there with some of my friends and we got a little drunk and it was so fun and at the end <clears throat> he blew uh, red white and green confetti into the air and it was like a big Mexican flag and someone gave one to him on stage and he had it wrapped around himself and it was just so beautiful like I love him and I'm so proud because break having a number one in America that is a completely Spanish language song wow like wow 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 I'm so like I'm so proud of him I love him so much and I just like cannot wait to see where he goes he's so young he's like 23 where do you go from here? Like you got your first number one. He performed on Jimmy Fallon. He's selling out venues all across the U.S. I love him so much. And I want to see him in uh, Hidalgo. I want to see him in Hidalgo, Texas. But we'll fucking see, girl. Because guess what? I was one of the only white people at the show. 
was one of the only big fat whiteies at the show. And that's fine. I'll wear that badge with honor. Big fat whitey at the Basil Puma show. That I'll do it. Someone's got to take it and I'll do it. Okay. And then I mean, when I met him, I like spoke to him in Spanish and I was so nervous. I was so nervous, dude, because I don't like, yeah, I speak Spanish, but like not, I'm not, you know what I mean? And so I went up to him and I told him like, tengo un regalito para ti. And he was like, okay. And I gave it to him and he spoke back to me in English. And I was like, oh, yep. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yes. (laughs) That's like what people say when they go to France and they try to practice French on the like waiters or whatever. And they're like, I speak English. (laughs) That's how it felt. I was like, tengo un regalito para ti. And he was like cool <laughs> he said this is fucking cool i said oh i gave him a spider-man mask i don't want to talk about it he loves spider-man okay i love Basil Pluma. and that was surreal now to completely pivot actually i'm not done talking about ghosts i'm not done talking about ghosts i'm actually not done talking about call of duty because uh I have more things to say. I read this fan fiction about two nights ago. And I think that I am, I think that I am going to write a book. (laughs) And I think I've talked about this before. I am going to write a book. Me and Ash Nico actually were talking about this the other day. <laughs> I was texting because she's reading Throne of Glass too. And I was like, oh my God, I am too. Which no updates on that front, by the way. I haven't read Tower of Dawn. Anyway, I was texting her and she was like, yeah, I, I'm finishing them, whatever. And uh, she was like, dude, I want to write my own book because it, I feel like these books are a great kickoff point. But like something will happen where it's like, this should have happened instead. Or, you know, the slow burn takes too long or sometimes it's not long enough. She was like, I wonder. And I was like, I have the same thought every time I read a fantasy novel or an enemies to lovers. It's like, this is good, but mine would be better. (laughs) So I sat down the other day and also what kind of triggered this too, is I was obviously reading a ghost fan fiction because that's what I do. That what I do. That what I do. Therefore I am anyway. I was reading this fan fiction and it was like a great, the writing wasn't spectacular, but the plot was good. And I was like, Hmm, I could rewrite this and it would be better. And so I started it and then I got cringed out and embarrassed and just quit. I like force quitted the whole thing. I was like, absolutely not. So that is yet another transcript, uh, that has fallen to the wastes. It has been metaphorically crumbled up like a piece of notebook paper and tossed into the rubbish bin of my mind. The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. So many ways. Oh my God. I was starting another, uh, I was writing something else the other day because I get these creative bursts of like, Oh my God, I'm throwing that down. And then it never turns into anything. Sometimes it's like a short story or sometimes it's a poem or sometimes it's like a chapter of a book. And I'm like, what am I going to do with these? Like I have all of these and what, what could it be? And the other day, Oh my God. Should I, should I read one? Let me find it. Okay. This is, this is one that I had. I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Okay. Guys, seriously, everyone sit down and shut up. If you're driving, take your hands off the wheel, close your eyes, like windows up. Okay. If you're parked in a parking garage, (laughs) stay there. Don't leave. We're now having Brittany Broski wrote a book time, but I don't know if it's any good. One of these days, I'm also going to read my Cole Sprouse fan fiction. Here's the book. I don't know what it's called. I don't know who the characters are, but I wrote it. I just got embarrassed. I can't. No, I'm going to read it. The winding stone staircase extends. I give it. (laughs) No, I can't. I give up. No, I'm going to read it. The winding stone staircase extends farther up than she can make out in the darkness. The air is thin and cold here. No windows in this turret. Strange. Turret like a castle. A shiver runs through her. She's never been to this part of the castle before, but something ancient tugs at a forgotten and buried part of her. Come, girl. That's what something ancient that's tugging at her says. She takes a short inhale through her nose gathers her skirts in her hands, and against all better judgment, ascends. 
Torched candles flicker alive to guide her as she slowly rounds each corner. After a rather long ascension, she breathlessly reaches a landing with intricately engraved massive double wooden doors. Iron ivy wraps around the entire door's edge, winding into the stone wall. Her heart sinks to her stomach. She knows this place. Suddenly, the giant wooden doors splinter and creak as if waking from a deep slumber, and like magic, open wide. An invitation. This place knows her too, it would seem. Bitch! (laughs) Her feet seem to guide her before she can weigh the gravity of what entering this place could mean. She feels passive to her own body as her feet carry her over the threshold of the doorway and into the darkened corridor. A cold wind greets her once inside. Another shiver. Then, just like the entryway, candles of all sizes magically flicker to life to illuminate the mysterious room before her. Corner by corner, it comes alive. A golden ballroom. Empty. She cranes her neck to look upward to find an ornate, vaulted, pink marble ceiling with green ivy carved into the crown molding, head up, held up by massive Roman columns spaced evenly around the room. Five glass chandeliers with thousands of glittering, watery crystals that dance in the candlelight shine rainbow refractions on the marble hall floor and up the gold-flecked pink marble walls. Her breath catches in her throat. It's magnificent. Oh, how they must have danced in this room. (laughs) It was 4 a.m. when I wrote this, and I was like, oh, that (laughs) ate. I was like, oh, bitch, that ate. Oh, how I love being a woman. That's what that was inspired by. Okay, back in it. One of the impossibly high walls is completely covered by a large black curtain. The window, then. As if pushed by a phantom hand on her back, her feet take her over to stand in front of the great curtain. One swift movement, and she'd pull back the curtains to reveal the most intricate stained glass mural she'd ever seen, full of glimmering golds and silver stars against an obsidian backdrop. She stumbles back to fully take it in. Eight massive wall-length panels of black black glass depict what looks to be a retelling of an old fable. She moves closer, She knows this story, but how? From where? It's not as if she had anyone to tell her bedtime stories as a child. A closer look. No, not a retelling at all. A historical chronicle. She reaches out to touch the glass. Get out! He growls from somewhere behind her. Okay. <laughs> okay, I think that's it. That's all that's all I'm prepared to read right now. I have a full thing of dialogue, but I'm going to wait until Brooke comes on my podcast so we can go back and forth with the dialogue. Let me know what you guys thought about that and if I should keep going cuz it's kind of giving a little Beauty and the Beast. You know when Beauty when uh what's her name? Belle goes into like the forbidden part of the castle into his quarters and finds the rose. And that's kind of what it was giving when I was writing it. And I was like, no, because it's this like, come to find out there's like a prince there, but I don't know how they know each other. Okay. I haven't gotten that far. Don't fucking rush me. But that, that's what it's giving. And so this historical chronicle on this stained glass mural is the story of the night he got cursed. So maybe I'm recreating beauty of the beast, but it's with a twist. And also he's hot. Like I was imagining, okay, like who would this be? And at first I was like, Sam Claflin, no, no, it would be Sam Claflin. And then I was like, Henry Cavill, no, it's gotta be somebody like uh, that sort of archetype of like, oh my God, he's hot. But in a way that's like, not like, oh, he's overtly hot. It has to be like, oh my God, I'm blushing. Oh, it's Aaron. No, it's not Aaron Taylor Johnson. I can't talk about him ever again. I feel like if I'm ever in a room with him, I'm going to be fucking blacklisted. Like they're going to take me away in in like a white, white jacket. Like it's over for me if I'm ever in a room with Aaron Taylor Johnson. Anyway, that's my story. God, God, he's so hot. I've got back to my YouTube uh, homepage of Koenig because what was that? Why did he say that? That's about to piss me the fuck off. What was that? 
Why do men, why do men open their mouths? Look, you can't look like that and then do, ah, what was that? <laughs> ah, ah. Men sh- are cursed. Men were cursed with, they're so beautiful. Like men objectively, and if you're a lesbian, I'm sorry. Men objectively are just beautiful. Like they're, they have, and they don't even know it. Like the long eyelashes and the beautiful eyes and like full lips and like the male physique. I'm still about to go in on it. And then they ruin it by opening their mouths. You had it so good, brother. And you, what was that? Oh, fuck you. Who's like the main guy in Call of Duty? Who's like the main guy? Is it Soap or whatever his name is? Who's Graves? Also, why are they British and fighting for the American military? It doesn't make fucking sense. It doesn't even make sense. Okay, so that's Ghost and that's the German one. Why are they fighting for America? That's like literally they're not even from here. Me and my friend were reading Ghost Wikipedia page the other night. Trauma. Trauma. His whole family died. And his dad used to beat on him. And then he like got buried alive and by some cartel in Mexico and then crawled across the border to Texas. And then like something happened. I don't know. Special ops. Um, anyway, guys, tonight I'm going to be working on my novel about Ghost from Call of Duty. So we'll read that next time we do an episode. Okay. I think that'll just about do it for me, team. Go watch Royal Court with Orville Peck. My show, my celebrity talk show is out. Go watch it. New episode, late September, and you're going to die at the guest. Okay, love you guys very much. Please don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Like it. Leave me five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so I can keep doing this. Go subscribe to the Brittany Broski account. Follow my spam on TikTok. Follow my main on TikTok. Follow me on Instagram. My Instagram stories... I treat that like it's my fucking diary and I, I will go back, you know, like how Instagram will flip back to like a year ago today, you said, and I'm like, Jesus, fuck. I said that in public, like to my public audience. Anyway, go follow me on Instagram. Love, loving you guys. And for what it's worth, I'm sorry. <laughs> for what it's worth, I'd like to apologize sincerely and wholeheartedly. All right, bye.